Welcome to Paleoconservative on Steroids. This is Corn Cod One. I have another book review for today. I'm calling it Soshinitsyn's Millstones. It's about his his fairly recently released book, even though the 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 man's been uh, deceased since 2008. Uh, Between Two Millstones, Volume One, published by University of Notre Dame Press. Uh, in Indiana, uh, 2018, uh, 451 pages. In all the chaos of my busy life, it somehow took me two years to realize that the heirs of my hero, Alexander Soshinitsyn, had published not one, but two books of his memoirs. These new volumes take up where the threads of the intellectual giant's first work of autobiography, 1975's The Oak and the Calf, leave off. Volume 1 begins with Soshinitsyn's forced exile to the West in 1974. At the tender age of 16, I walked into a little cigar store that peddled some books in the little New Jersey suburban town where I grew up and walked out with Volume 1 of the Gulag Archipelago. Truly, truly nothing apart from Holy Writ changed my life more than that book. Before that fateful day, I had spent my life after learning to read by voraciously consuming every single book of military history that I could lay my grubby little hands on. Gulag Archipelago did a lot more than teach me about Soviet history and the violent, crazed inhumanity of leftism gone out of control. The book broadened my interests to include non-military history, politics, social issues, and good literature. In this book, Soshinitsyn gives us a close look at the events surrounding his exile to the West. Being literally thrown out of your own country, especially one that he deeply loved, was a wounding experience. The writer even explored the possibility of he and his family moving to various old believer settlements in the U.S. Soshinitsyn lived in Zurich for a while. He wanted to find a place with similar geography to his homeland and almost ended up living in Canada. But in the end, he chose rural Vermont because he loved the snowy winters. The author was discombobulated, to say the least, by the Western press, who hounded him constantly in the early years. And when they found out the annoying fact that Sochnitsyn was not a disappointed socialist, but a Russian nationalist turned against him. Even in the West, he was a victim of Soviet KGB disinformation campaigns. He was really irritated by a bio of his life by a Czech writer that told lies about his life going back to the age of seven and even defaming his grandparents. There was even cooperation and coordination of these campaigns with center-left Western media outlets. One area of which I had never been completely familiar was Soshinitsyn's spiritual side. I always knew that he was a Christian believer, and there were flashes of that in his works. But he had never really worn his faith on his sleeve, so to speak. After reading this volume, I found that he was a very pious and observant practitioner of Eastern Orthodoxy. Wherever he went, he was deeply embedded embedded in the life of his church. Throughout his early years in the U.S., he was torn between his political activism and the need for the peace, quiet, and time to write. 
His early months in the West included numerous speeches, like his Nobel Prize address and his speech at Harvard. Solzhenitsyn made a lot of enemies on the left by criticizing the West's consumerism, legalism, and decadence. He also took a lot of time and effort to set up the Russian Social Fund to aid people who had spent time in the camps and prisons of the USSR and who, as a consequence, suffered all kinds of problems. All the profits from the Gulag Archipelago were dedicated to this fund, and monies were smuggled into the Soviet Union for this purpose. The demands of his time by others took him away from his writing, and this made him a little cranky, and the irritation can be felt coming off the page. In the end, while not ignoring other responsibilities, he decided to concentrate mostly on his writing, which was obviously his strong suit anyway. If you want a deeply personal look at one of the great men of the 20th century that brought change in the world, this is a good book. But if unfamiliar with Solzhenitsyn's work, read Gulag Archipelago first, then one day in the life of Ivan Denisovich, and perhaps a bit of his red wheel, then read this memoir. This is Corncod 1 of Nationalist News and Notes and Paleoconservative on Steroids, signing off.